you know, I think a lot of times people think, oh, public speaking, everybody's afraid of public speaking. Everybody has stage fright or everybody's afraid they're going to be judged. And that is true for some folks, but some folks have, you know, different issues. So we've got to <laughs> kind of figure out what those are and then help you use all these tools and, and resources that we have to get your message out there. Welcome to the Business Ownership Podcast, brought to you by Awareness Strategies, helping you navigate the waters between entrepreneurship and ownership. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I'm super glad that you're here with us today because I am here with my most amazing guest, Adriana. Adriana, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you, Michelle. Awesome. So give everybody the highlight of who you are and what you do for business. I am a public speaking coach by way of 20 years as a professional theater director, and I work with leaders and business owners. Very fun. So tell us more. Let's back up the bus a bit because I want to hear more about that. <laughs> How did you get into this as your thing? Like what, what transitioned you out of theater? Yeah, well, so I have this core memory that I was thinking about this morning when I knew I was going to be on. And this core memory is me in the 90s. I'm a freshman in high school. And I decided that I wanted to run for student body president or for class president of my school. And um, I remember thinking, you know, there were two problems with this plan. One, I was in a brand new school that I didn't know anybody at. Um, it was a, out of my hometown. And so uh, nobody knew me. And also, you know, I'm 14. What do I know about, you know, running things, right? <laughs> but I had confidence and I knew I wanted to do it. So I remember I was in my like little green dress that I probably got to express or something, you know, and I, I got up on that stage and I gave a speech. That was what was required. So I, I went out there and I gave a speech. And the thing that I knew was that number one, nobody knew me. So they needed to get to know me and they needed to believe that I could lead them. Um, and so I used all of my, you know, 14 year old skills of being an actor and having been an actor elementary school and middle school. And I grounded myself and I spoke really clearly and I knew how to, you know, speak my script as it were. And I won. Yeah. yeah yay. <laughs> <laughs> and it was interesting because that I really think was this kind of seminal moment where I was like, I am very interested in the arts and I am very interested in leadership. And so I ended up studying both of those things all throughout college and grad school was leadership, transitional leadership, founder leadership, starting your own companies, all of it, and theater and directing. And so I moved from being an actor to being a director and I, I got an MFA from Columbia and I was, I he was working as an artist. I became an executive leader of a nonprofit and uh, of an arts organization, a theater company. And so I, I was sort of living in that leadership myself. And after plays or lectures I would give, people would come up to me and they would be some guy who worked at a bank or, you know, somebody who was starting their own brand. I live in Portland, Oregon. So there was a lot of like new entrepreneurs, tech and brands and everything kind of going on. And they would say, hi, I need to give a speech. 
And I don't know how to do that. <laughs> Can you please help me talk to my people? And so I started doing that um, just on the side and I loved it. I loved it because I was able to help those people. You know, it's slightly different because you're not playing a character. You're... <laughs> Well, some of them kind of are. Hopefully, that's well, what we work on. And, and to me, this is the, this is a fun part about <laughs> this whole thing, is because people delve into kind of oh well, you know, I'm not like that, and it's like, well, you kind of are, and yeah. you just haven't done it, you know, on top of a a three foot riser before, right? You know, oh, you kind of are. You just haven't done it in front of a hundred people before. You kind of right. are, but <laughs> it's like, yeah. And I think if, if people can draw out, because I find a fascinating line between theater drama and, and business leadership yes. it, in that if people take more time to study it and understand it and really find out who they are, because you'll find out who you are on stage <laughs> faster than yeah, <laughs> you will yeah. almost anywhere else. Yeah, and and if you allow yourself to tap into that, some people are really good. You know, they find that even though they're introverted, they're really good at being funny. Or even mm -hmm. though they're extroverted, they're really good at watching the audience and and being able to draw people in. Yes, and, yes. And you can find elements of it that I find particularly fascinating, which is why I love this topic. Cause I think if more leaders went into this whole role, they would one be way more entertaining to watch on stage completely. <laughs> two, and two, they self-actualize in a way that they couldn't otherwise. Yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. And, and it's interesting to watch somebody who you know, they're so clear on their passion. They know their why. They're like, I've got this entrepreneurial thing down. I am super passionate about, we're going to make this up, about <laughs> this new style of sneaker. I'm going to take over the world with my new sneakers. And then they open their mouth to talk about it. And it's, it's like the most boring, uninteresting it's like, have you ever worn shoes before? What's going on here? <laughs> and there's so much self-sabotage, but a lot of that just comes from um, a lack of extra, a lack of awareness about, you know, what you need to do in order to be able to deliver your message effectively, in order to inspire your audience, in order to increase your impact, in order to, you know, get your message out there. And you know, different people are, are good or less good at different things. Right. So, you know, I think a lot of times people think, oh, public speaking, everybody's afraid of public speaking. Everybody has stage fright or everybody's afraid they're going to be judged. And that is true for some folks, but some folks have, you know, different issues. So we've got to <laughs> kind of figure out what those are and then help you use all these tools and, and resources that we have to get your message out there, there. And yeah. it's like I like to say it's time to rein in the race rain the race horses it's like mm -hmm. yes honey you are thoroughbred I get that and <laughs> interesting <laughs> we're gonna rein in some <laughs> lost energy here How yeah. about that? because yeah. I find too that because I I totally get the two personalities and to me I think that reining in the thoroughbreds is easier because I just love that I mean I love two-year-olds two-year-olds to me are the best <laughs> in the world it's like yes you finally you know they get that moment where they realize that they can control adults and it's like yes this is awesome 
But then there's a people who, when they're the leaders, when they're going on stage and they think they've got this awesome speech, it is ranked up in their head. They have mm -hmm. listened to it 10,000 times and they get up on stage. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. Okay. We really need to get you on stage a little more often. Yeah. And either, you know, either they don't know what to do with themselves. So their hands, their feet, their voice, their body, or they have no idea who they're talking to and what they want their audience to do. Right. Yeah. And, or, or it's their content. I find with entrepreneurs and business owners, it's, it's usually less content is usually less the problem. Nice. If I was to tell, you know, if I was to say to an entrepreneur, like, tell me about your business model or tell me about your key product or tell me about, you know, why you started your company. Most people are actually able to rattle that off really quickly because that's what they that's the work of <laughs> building your business, right? Especially if you're doing any kind of VC funding or you're, you're pitching or whatever that is, fundraising, anything like that. But mm, often the other two pieces uh, get missed in the prep. And so, you know, we just focus entirely on what we're going to say, but not how we're saying it or who we're saying it to. And there's a huge difference in your audience. If your audience is a bunch of, you know, 45 year old millionaire VC dudes versus a room full of 500, you know, creatives that you're <laughs> hoping to pitch your services to. I mean, that's a very different audience and your language is gonna shift. Even if your content doesn't change, the way that you deliver your content has to change. Absolutely. Well, and I, I think it's important too that people understand that there's kind of, there's a few areas where it, it pays in dividends to talk to someone like you before they go out and do it. Mm -hmm. The first one of course is to me is networking somebody's going out and they're just networking and they're just pitching their company. It's like practice in front of somebody that doesn't have a paycheck. <laughs> I can say this in front of all of them. It is so important that salespeople and CEOs alike are practicing in front of people that don't have a paycheck. And in fact, if you're paying them, they have a vested interest in telling you what you're doing wrong, where nobody yes. else will. They're like, oh yeah, that was great. That was awesome. You know, we'll connect again. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. And it never happens. When they, of course, are doing a product launch highly important that they're getting that messaging clear in mm -hmm. that even if they're working with somebody to do the product messaging, that they're working with somebody like you to be able to articulate that, whether it's through masterclasses, webinars, on stage, mm -hmm. whatever. What other, and I'm, you know, IPOs, obviously, when somebody's going public or they're doing a, a yeah. um, an investment pitch, is there any other areas where you think it's like, oh, you need to come and talk to me before you do that <laughs> after you've done that? You know, honestly, I think uh, there are folks that I work with who are trying to get to that next level, mm -hmm. right? They've been playing at a certain, at a certain bracket and they really want to move into the next level of leadership or the next, you know, uh, sometimes. So somebody in middle management that wants to go to a C-suite kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Or from the entrepreneur standpoint, you've, you've really, you're really comfortable with this, you know, people who can write you a $5,000 check, but now you need to go into a room with somebody that can write you a hundred thousand dollar check. So those kind of, right. um, those kind of tension points are important kind of, uh, next step up 
points where you're transitioning into a new language or a new stage of your work, that can be a really important time to have some coaching and some mirroring, some reflections and refinement. But I also want to say that, you know, this is a little bit annoying to hear. I'm going to be honest, but I really think (laughs) that public speaking is basically any time you're talking to another person that you don't know very well. Right. Right. Like on a podcast, like right now I am (laughs) technically public speaking. I'm talking to you, Michelle, and I'm talking to your audience. Right. Mm -hmm. Even though I can't see them. Hello, everyone. (laughs) I know you're there. Um, and so sometimes we think, oh, I need public speaking help when I'm going to be up on a stage in front of a hundred people or more when really what you might need, because the skills are transferable. There's like, there's maybe an hour's worth of technical stuff that I can give you on how to handle a stage versus a small boardroom that would change the way that you're behaving. And then it's just repetition, Mm -hmm. but most of the things are going to be the same, no matter what it's going to be your internal work, your messaging, and you're connecting with the audience. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't realize that they're not actually connecting with their teams very well. They're not actually leading their organizations um, with charisma, with confidence, with clarity. There's some assumptions, especially with startups. I notice that there's a, and a, you know, there's there's no time. Who has time for leadership development when you're, you know, developing a new product or a new brand or a new idea? So you get all these people on board, and then and then there's not that kind of cohesive, confident leadership, which can really be helped by a little bit of coaching. Um, especially when you're, you know, you're, I always say you're, it's your key stakeholders, but your key stakeholders might be your core team. It's the people who are supporting your work or helping you put your message out there. Absolutely. Um, so, so, yeah. so peeps, I would love if you're listening to this right now, I know you're listening to this right now, go ahead and put in the comments, um, what events are coming up that tend to stress you out the most. You go, Oh, I totally have to prep for this. And it could absolutely be just your Monday morning meetings. Because uh, I know a lot of entrepreneurs that are frustrated with their Monday morning meetings going, well, what are we talking about? Uh, what are you doing? And it's kind of like, well, yeah, I'm doing the same thing I did every day because they have the products and services set up that, that allow yeah. for that. So whatever it is, put it in the show notes. We'd love to hear. So write it in the descriptions. When you're working with somebody, if it is kind of the Monday morning meetings and they're they're just not wrangling the teams mm. kind of so to speak what kind of elements are you looking for from from them to to articulate okay where where is the problem what are we what are we really battling here is mm-hmm. it the content is it emotional intake what are you looking for yeah well one of the things i i start with that i notice most people forget to start with is i really start with the audience and i do this with actors too i who are you talking to? Right. And generally I get a, a, a really basic answer. My team. Okay. (laughs) Great. Great. You're talking to your team. Okay. Who, who like the good news is the good news is, is if it's really your Monday morning meeting and it's really just your team, you actually can answer the question, Beth, (laughs) Sarah, James, you know, Kenton, these are human beings that you actually know, but 
what we what I want to know is what do you want them to do? And I don't mean I want them to go out and raise money. What I mean is, do you want them to, and I always ask people to put this in the in ver in a verb language. So do you want them to be inspired? Do you want to galvanize them? So I say not just what do you want them to do, but what do you want to do to them? Not in a weird predatory way, but in a in a really active way. I want to galvanize them. I want to comfort them. We've had a really upheavaly first quarter. I want them to feel confident and grounded. So we really delve into clarifying and saying, what is it that I want to achieve with this meeting on that kind of deeper psychological level? Because if the way that you're going to talk to your team Monday morning meeting, when you're, when your goal is to galvanize them and energize them for the last month of the year versus to instill confidence and get them to back you up the way that you're going to come into that room energetically and also the language or the tactics that you bring into the room are going to be very different. And by being specific every single time, what you'll find is that your meetings start to become interesting because you're not coming in with the same, okay, we got to look at the, I don't know, I feel like I'm in the, the office, the like, PPS TPS did data. I don't know, whatever people talk <laughs> whatever about. Acronym and, after acronym. Blah, after blah, blah. Acronym. Right. Right. Like, oh, Stephanie, where are you with that project? We have no, like, what's happening right now? What is your real reason for, for showing up as a leader today? Mm-hmm. And it also allows you to tap in for what you need and what you're what you is driving you, right? Yep. And, and then you can show up more authentically and truthfully for your people if you're really paying attention. Um, so yeah, that's some of what we do. I love it. And I find too, that a lot of CEOs are, they just want to go in and kind of give people crap and go, just get your job done. And I'm like, well, that's not exactly inspiring. And there's other ways to go about this. You know, conflict management is one thing, but understanding you're probably the root of the conflict. <laughs> and if uh-huh. you would, you know, be a little more inspirational yeah. or a little more informative, uh, that could change your results as well. Are there aspects to that that you have noticed that have worked really well for people to go mm, going into a meeting <laughs> thinking, okay, how do I diplomatically give these people crap? Probably not your best access. Right. Well, actually, that's one of the reasons we do this, this action-oriented thing because it's actually a positive, it's like a positive reframe. And I'm, you know, I'm not one for like, let's sugarcoat everything. I'm really not. But when you put it into an action oriented thing, if I ask you, what's your goal? And you tell me it's to berate your staff. Great. Let's name that. Let's also recognize that's not going to be effective. Right. But if you say that, and then I, what I would might do is say, well, why, what is your actual goal? We go to the next step. Well, my goal is to get them to meet this deadline. They've all been missing their deadlines. Okay. So again, I love that word galvanize. Maybe it's galvanize. Maybe it's um, incentivize. Maybe it's motivate. What is it that's going to actually get them to do the thing you want them to do in the theater world? And this is where my, my theater background and my, my dramatic literature study background and all of this comes together is we talk about tactics a lot. So that's kind of the next step of this. 
is, you know, let's say again, grumpy CEO, he wants to go in and be like, you guys suck. You're not doing your job. I'd say, okay, well, what's the, what is your ultimate goal here? And now what are the tactics that are going to get them there? And we try stuff and look at me, everybody's a little, every single person in that room is a little bit different. So this one tactic may not work for everybody, but if you can think, okay, well, I want to get them on my side. Okay, cool. So get them on your side. Let's do that by telling a personal story. Right. So we really drill down into like, if you want X, how do you get X? It's these three different tactics. And that's the same thing that actors do. It's what do I want in the scene? What are my tactics to get the scene? And when the tactic doesn't work, I'm going to then try a different tactic. You have to be willing to kind of be present in the moment while you're going through that work in order to be responsive and, you know, navigate. So that's another reason why kind of having some training in the first place can be really helpful. Right. Well, yeah. and, and again, this brings us back to kind of what I was talking about earlier is having these elements in the roles of leadership doesn't just help you do the speech. It helps you to be a more effective leader all across the board. Yeah. And I love it. So for those who are, you know, driving in or stressed or whatever, <laughs> give us a definition <laughs> of galvanized again. Just oh, the definition of galvanized. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, like, it's, it's a, I think it's a more active word than inspired, but it lives in the same realm, right? We want to inspire people. That's true. We do want to inspire people, but usually galvanize to galvanize means like to get them to do something with their inspiration. So in, they feel inspired, but then they go act, they go make change or they go, you know, rally the troops. <laughs> Excellent. I love it. So when it comes to kind of the biggest mistakes that people are making um, in, in the role of leadership, let's say, mm. what do you see as being kind of the main problem or the, the most prolific? In terms of public speaking and leadership? Yep. Yeah. Um, one of the, th honestly, I think a lot of what I see failing people is focusing exclusively on them on the content and not on the either the audience or yourself as as the instrument or both and so i'll, I'll talk a little bit about that so there's i i see i see generally public speaking because i love a structure i love a structure so and i know business people love structure so here we go we've got three major buckets i see in public speaking we've got the closest to you which is your body your breath, your voice, your grounded energy. Then we've got your message, your content, what you're saying. And then we've got the audience who's listening to your message and engaging or not engaging, right? Again, like I said, a few minutes ago, I think CEOs, entrepreneurs generally have that content thing pretty locked down or they know how to get there. It's where they're most comfortable. My PowerPoint slides are real pretty, right? The mistake is that they forget that they are a living human organism <laughs> and often they forget to breathe. They forget to warm up their voice or their body before they do any kind of major presentation. And I'm telling you, you, you never go, you know, if you've ever gone to the symphony, you get there early, you're sitting in the theater waiting for the performance to start and what's happening. All of the musicians on stage are warming up their instruments, literally. They've played these things a million times. 
We as public speakers, we forget to do this. I was a 98% of the people I talk to, I say, do you warm up before you before you go on a podcast, before you speak? No, what? What do you mean? Well, it turns out that our breath is what is connected to our voice. Our voice is what's gonna deliver the message to the ears of our audience. If we forget to breathe, if we forget that our body is the thing that's actually making that sound, like the trumpet, <laughs> right, on stage in the orchestra, then we're missing an incredible opportunity to show up like a leader. And the thing that people think is that, you know, it's really complicated and it's actually not. But you have to remember, put your feet on the ground, feel your feet on the ground. You know, one of my favorite little secrets is that people always say, I don't know what to do with my hands. And the answer to what do you do with your hands is you focus on your feet. Because when your feet are planted and when you're super grounded, then your hands, they'll do what they need to do and they'll leave you alone. <laughs> so it's an energetic work. It's a physical work. It's a voice work, making sure that you sound like you. Again, we're not trying to sound like NPR voice, right? We're not over here being like, hello, I am a leader and I lead this room. Like, bleh. no, we want you to sound like you. But you need to give yourself a little bit of support in order to do that, you know? Um, and then the other thing is, of course, people forget that they, who their audience is and they don't remember to ask the question, <laughs> who am I talking to? But we've talked about that a little bit. Awesome. So in a moment, I'm going to ask you about your favorite Cinderella story, but peeps, are you going to pause for just one moment? Are you running a business over seven figures but still struggling with technology headaches? Pay attention. You do not want to miss this offer. This podcast episode is brought to you by Awareness Strategies, who is offering a custom-built digital adoption roadmap for anyone running a business over seven figures who's wanting to grow their business in the next five years. And it's not just a roadmap. They offer full implementation as well. If that scares the out of you, check out awarenessstrategies.com forward slash roadmap for more details today. The link's in the show's notes. Don't regret not doing this. Do it now. That's awarenessstrategies.com slash roadmap. So I am so excited to hear. Give us an example of a Cinderella story of one of your clients. Okay. So last year, I worked with this woman who... Is, is an entrepreneur and she was building a personal brand and she had a relatively large team that she was leading and had built and was extremely articulate as so many people are about why she cared about her work. And she was a very good leader of her team, but she had this belief tapped in really, really deeply that she was bad at public speaking. She just was like, she had been raised by a family that was very much children are meant to be seen and not heard and was, you know, told throughout her life that her words did not have value. And yeah, it was pretty intense. And so she was working on her mindset. She recognized that that actually, that she actually didn't believe that she has children of her own. That's not a core belief for her, but she also knew that it was really deeply embedded in her um, way of being. And one of the ways, and so, so she hired me to work with her in advance of this big presentation she was giving at a conference. 
So it's going to be a large room of folks. And she had decided to take a risk and pitch for this conference and didn't expect to get it. And then of course got it. (laughs) (laughs) And she, um, and so she called me, we started working together. And one of the things that started to happen was we were identifying all of these external ticks that seem like they're just a thing you need to solve externally. For example, she talked really fast every time. And I watched a lot of her stuff on, you know, social media or on online, she would give a little presentation for her team and she'd talk so fast. And I finally got, got into it with her and look, I'm not a therapist, but I ask a lot of questions because the voice is related to emotions and authenticity and that's all stuff inside. It turns out she was talking so fast because she, number one, didn't actually believe that she was allowed to take up space and had been, I know it sucked and had been told by her parents and the people who were adults when she was younger that, you know, she needed to basically keep her mouth shut. And so she would open her mouth and say all this really beautiful stuff. And I was like, girl, I cannot hear you. You've got to slow down. But the thing was, I couldn't tell her you need to slow down. I mean, I did, (laughs) but then once (laughs) we, I understood, but right. Because that's not actually what's going on. What's going Mm -hmm. on is not, I talk too fast. What's going on is I don't believe I am allowed to take up space. So then we started actually working on the root cause and and helping her take up physical space and then energetic space and emotional space. And lo and behold, she started slowing down. And also I told her, you know, your homework for the next week is every single time you speak before in front of anybody, you have to take a deep breath and remind yourself to go slowly. So there's the internally external, right? (laughs) Anyway, long story short, she goes to this conference they end up basically, she was, she was not the keynote, but she was like the, the kind of penultimate, you know, emotional, uh, inspiration talk and she nailed it. And she sent me the video and I watched it and I could hear the, what, what I love about getting to watch recordings of my client stuff is I always listen to the audience. This is the theater director in me. I always listen to the audience and I, could hear them with her. I could hear it quiet when it should have been quiet and laughing when it should have been laughing and oh, when it should have been oh, you know, and they were right there with her because she was willing to take up that space and she was willing to slow down and she killed it. And now I can't even, she's like, she's starting a podcast of her own and she's starting to do more speaking And it's so fun because it's all this stuff that she really didn't think she was capable of doing. And it turns out she's great at it. So nice. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So I know our listeners are going to want more from you. How did they start their journey with you? Well, everything, all of my links, all of my courses, my one-on-one coaching, my freebies, it's all at adrianabearcreative.com. And if you go there, you can check out my blog. If you want tips and tools on public speaking, I've got a free download. I've got all kinds of stuff that you can find there. Tell us about the download. 
Oh, it is um, called Beyond Once Upon a Time, and mm -hmm. it is 15 ways to start your speeches that won't bore your audience. Ooh, yeah. nice. So you can check that out. It's just a quick PDF, and it'll give you some ideas and inspiration for how to kick things off in a way that'll grab people and make them start, make them listen to you. <laughs> nice. I love it. Well, and that to me is so important because a lot of people, once they start to kind of get traction, it's like, oh, okay, now I can settle into this mm -hmm. and they become great. But it's that first <laughs> kickoff there. Oh yeah. So, and um, I was kind of, you know, I've been asked to uh, sort of do something <laughs> up here. Don't ever start uh, talking. I, I Don't see, do that. I Don't see do you've heard these things before, <laughs> Michelle. I have many times. Mm -hmm. I might be guilty of some of them too. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Those, those first few seconds, I'm telling you that right. is, that is the most important thing you will do. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So we will, of course, have all of Adriana's links in the show notes. So go ahead and uh, scroll down, click on links, open up in a new browser, of course, because we're not done yet. So Adriana, I get to ask you, at what point in life did you know that you were especially kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? <laughs> um, I think right around the time that I gave that uh, freshman class president election speech, nice. I got the bug to have my own ideas and lead people to. Love it. Love it. Who knew politics can run into entrepreneurialism? <laughs> Yeah, hey, usually hey. it's the other way around, hey? around right? <laughs> <laughs> nice to all of those uh, student council people out there, you know, encourage your kids if those are one of them. That's awesome. I love it. You've been absolutely awesome. Any last words for our people? Just take up space, take up space and know who you're talking to. I love it. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And I know how valuable it is. Thank you. Awesome. Peeps, thank you for your time and effort and being here. We appreciate it immensely. So subscribe to the show, share it with your friends. We love helping entrepreneurs grow. Are you running a business over seven figures, but still struggling with technology headaches? Pay attention. You do not want to miss this offer. This podcast episode is brought to you by Awareness Strategies, who is offering a custom-built digital adoption roadmap for anyone running a business over seven figures who's wanting to grow their business in the next five years. And it's not just a roadmap. They offer full implementation as well. If that scares the out of you, check out awarenessstrategies.com forward slash roadmap for more details today. The link's in the show's notes. Don't regret not doing this. Do it now. That's awarenessstrategies.com slash roadmap.